Hi, I'm Melissa. I am 54 years old. I'm from the city of Orange, uh, Southern California, and I write children's books. Well, my name is Brock. I am 54 years old. I am from Newburgh, Indiana originally, and I am a commercial real estate broker and property manager, land development and leasing agent. Brock and I have been together for 24 years. We dated about three and a half, almost four years before we got married and we've been happily married for 21 years. If I had to describe our love story, I would say iconic. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad, too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money. Up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Before I met Melissa, my dating life was pretty much non-existent because at that time I'd actually taking some time off from a bad breakup. So I took time to myself uh, for about a year and a half before I met her. I was very much looking for a, a very serious relationship at that time. I was the absolute opposite. Before I met Brock, I was what they call a serial monogamist. I had been in a relationship practically my entire life. At the end of three years, if I can just share this at all, I always get like anxiety, like panic attacks. My body would just tell me this is not the right person. And I would start mentally retracting and, and moving out of the relationship. So when I met him, I was not looking for a serious relationship. However, I was looking for a one night stand since I had never had one before. Well, the first time we ever met, we were in acting class. Uh, my roommate had um, drugged me out to this acting class uh, because she needed somebody for, for one of her scenes that she was doing. So I followed up with her and went into the acting class. And I remember walking into the theater like it was yesterday. I was in a very vulnerable state crying in the corner. And it's like, you just creeped up on me right there, didn't you? I had just done a scene. I creeped up on you? <laughs> that sounds so bad, babe. You did. Our coach was like a little abusive and I was upset and I was in the corner. And here comes Brock and there's nowhere for me to go. And here you come, beautiful man, walking towards me. And I was very vulnerable. And I, I just remember you comforting me and thinking, oh, God, I can't run from him anymore. I just, I can't do it. Well, when she turned around, the first thing that drew me initially to her were her eyes and her smile. It, it electrified right there. That's what got inside my soul and said, she's the one. 
we had that moment where our, our eyes locked and it was very familiar and very scary. And the first thing that went through my head is, oh my God, I'm in trouble. There's my one night stand. By his looks, and I'm so sorry I judged you by how beautiful you are, but by your looks, I instantly thought you were a player and trouble. And because of that, I avoided him for the rest of the class and actually for the following three months. Yeah, Melissa kept avoiding me. She kept, I, I would approach, you know, a group conversation just to be able to have a conversation with her, even if it was just a little bit. And she would leave the conversation, go to another group and start up another conversation. And I would leave that conversation. I just kept following her. So after, after chasing her literally for three months during acting class, she finally made the exodus from her relationship so I was moving out of this relationship, trying to get out of this relationship. And, and Brock and I had actually spent some time together outside of the classroom. And he had tried to kiss me a couple times. And I said, I, I can't do that until I leave. I'm living with this guy and I need to get out from under the same roof. And he was very respectful. You were very sweet and understood that. And then the minute I moved out, I'm not talking like the boxes, the place was in boxes. Literally, the minute I moved in there, I called him and I said, I'm free, come over tonight. Like bring Chinese food, let's, let's do this. And then we just talked and he didn't make any moves. He had made all these moves when, you know, before. And, and then we're there, I'm free, boxes in my own place. And all I wanted to do was like, this was going to be my one night stand. This was it. This was happening because he was still to me a player, like still really hot and a player. And I was like excited like for everything. And that's why I was like, okay, when I get back, you better kiss me because... You know, now now we have all this time and you didn't even try. You're so sweet. I hadn't made any moves, a complete and total gentleman the whole night. Hadn't made any moves. And I was sitting there having a conversation with her and she got up from the couch and she said, I don't know what your problem is, but I'm going to go to the bathroom. And when I come back, you better kiss me. <laughs> and I said... Okay, not a problem. And she went to the bathroom, she came back, and we kissed for the first time right there. When I came back from the bathroom and I'd asked him to kiss me, it was, it was iconic. It was really a wonderful kiss and worth the wait. And it was beautiful. It was just like that moment that you hear about. I basically was ready to go, guys. You know, I'd been in a relationship for three years out of it, ready to go. And he wouldn't take it any further than the kiss because he knew that this was going to be long term. And I was the opposite. I was thinking, let's go. I'd never been rejected before. And I was ready to just walk to the bedroom and undress and go for it. And um, he wouldn't let me. He left. <laughs> He just left me there <laughs> after our two-hour kiss. Yeah, but I went and sat in my car outside at 4.30 in the morning for 20 minutes, literally, in that whole headspace conversation with myself going, wait, what are you doing? Wait, she's, no, I need to, no, I have to leave. I have to leave. She's the one. I have to leave. I can't, I can't do that yet. I, okay, and then 20 minutes, I finally pulled away and went home. Literally, it was five in the morning. It was crazy. 
And I was like there going, what the heck was that? Wait, what happened? Like, wait, what's wrong with me? Wait, how, you know, I was in the mirror. I'm like, do I look bad? Is something bad? Did something go wrong? Yeah, I just had him all wrong, you guys. I had him all wrong. The next few dates were really good. And he did some really romantic things. Like, you know, took me off Maholland and brought wine and blankets and... You know, we did a bunch of different things and went to the movies, but I had realized at that time that I was very codependent, which I didn't realize in the other relationships, and he was helping me recognize that. So things weren't perfect, but I was definitely testing him as far as, is he for real? Is this guy for real? How can someone this hot and this sweet and this romantic, is he the real thing? And in his eyes, he never gave up on me because I did test him. I put him to the test quite a few times. She did. And I remember we were talking back and forth and it was just games. I didn't want to play any more games. And I told her, I said, you need to let me know if you're ready because I'm ready to, to move to the next step of the relationship and actually be, you know, a couple and, and be together, period. And she hesitated and said, well, you know, I'm not really sure. And I said, okay, well, th that's, that's fine. I understand that. But when you're ready, call me. And I literally said that to her. I said, when you're ready, call me because I'm ready. And I gathered my stuff and I said, I, you know, call me when you're ready. And I walked out the door. Like literally just left me. Like just, we'd been together, what, eight months now? Nine months, nine months probably, almost hitting a year. We were sleeping together, drawers together. And he literally cleaned up everything and just walked out the house. And I was like, oh, he'll be back like within 24 hours. I had a roommate and I was like, oh, he'll be back. He'll be back. He's pulling a power move. And then a day went by and two days go by. And so I sat there for like an hour just like in shock. And then I was like, I think I'm ready. I don't want to lose him. Like I've never met anyone like this. And so I called him back and I'm like, God, he's going to be like, okay, well, let me think about it. I'll call you in a week. You know, it's like, I'm going to give him the power basically. So I called him back and I just said, I'm ready. And instead of being mean and saying, well, let me think about it now. I'll call you in a week. He said, I'm coming over right now. I'll be there in 20 minutes. The internet, what would we do without it? So much information, so little time. And yet with all the answers available online, there still lie scores of deep, dark, spooky secrets. Mysteries yet to be solved until now. This isn't clickbait. This is our exclusive new podcast, Internet Urban Legends. I'm Loey, your evidence expert. And I'm Eleanor, the self-proclaimed skeptic. Together, we're the gruesome twosome, sleuths in search of the weirdest stories on the web. Every Tuesday, we investigate the internet's creepiest conundrums, covering each conspiracy theory and combing through every clue to separate hoax from haunt. Whether it's the video sure to make you lose your appetite, blank room soup, or every kid's worst nightmare, the terrifying truth behind Disney's deaths, or every parent's worst nightmare, social media's Momo challenge. 
Each episode of Internet Urban Legends is chock full of disturbing details which are either truly demented or ripe for debunking. And no matter our conclusion, we're sure to be left scared half to death. So won't you join us? Follow our new Spotify original from Parcast, Internet Urban Legends. Listen free and exclusively on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The first time I said, I love you, (laughs) it was an accident. We're about three months in the relationship and he was walking to the car and you know how you say to your friend, I love you, or your mom, love you, love you. We'd given each other a hug and he gave me a quick kiss and I turned around and walked away and I'm like, I love you. And I went, (laughs) he just stopped and he just looked at me and I looked at him and I said, did I just say that? Did I just say that? And he was really cute and he walked over right away and he grabbed my hands and he said, I love you too. It's very sweet. So let's talk about the three-year mark, um, which is very pivotal to me in our relationship because I'd never made it past three years with any of my prior relationships. But I just didn't want to take it any further until we made it to three years. And if we made it to three years and I felt good and I wasn't having clogging in the throat or panic attacks or anxiety, then I knew he was the guy. I proposed about three and a half years after the beginning of our relationship. I started planning the proposal right after the three-year mark. So it took me six months to plan the proposal, literally. The proposal is is one that, as far as I'm concerned, kind of goes down in history. It, it took me six months to plan, and it involved all of her family and all of her friends. I used to work at Disney in Orlando, and I had several connections out in the Disneyland uh, location as well, too. So basically, I pretty much shut down the castle in order to propose to her. So I got the help of several of her friends, plus all of my connections at Disney. And I put together a whole scavenger hunt, if you will, for her. And I had her friends invite her to Disneyland. And Melissa says, "Um, no, I'm tired of Disney. I grew up here in Orange County. I live 15 minutes from Disney. I don't want to go to Disney. It's 100 degrees right now in October in L.A., I, it's going to be, she looked up, even looked up on with weather, it was going to be 104 uh, at Disneyland that day. And she said, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. So her friends basically twisted her arm to get her there. And they go off that morning with all of her friends. They met at the apartment. They drove down to Disney. And at that time, I got two of my friends together. We waited. I had a walkie-talkie from security at Disneyland. And I had my connections on walkie-talkie, talking with security, talking to me up in LA. So I knew exactly when they got there, 
what they were doing and where they where they were starting. I had already planned out on a map for security, for all of the characters, for her girlfriends, on where they needed to start and where they were going to end up at the end of the day in the park. And one of the biggest things uh, during our relationship was I told Melissa that I would never give a dozen roses to any girl except for the one I was going to marry. So I would bring roses home all the time. I mean, one time I brought home 100 roses. I brought home 13. I would bring home six. I'd bring home 22. It was 11, nine. It was never a dozen. It was never a dozen. So, of course, at each location, she starts and she gets a rose from the characters. They're dragging me from character to character and they're handing roses and and someone goes, well, don't you think that's weird that you're getting all these roses? I'm like, no, we're beautiful girls. We get balloons. They hand out lollipops. They're handing out roses today. Today's probably Rose Day. And I was like, here, you're so cute. Like I was trying to give the roses away because I didn't want to carry roses. And then a couple times they let me think I gave them away and they took them back and put them in the backpack. They were on board. The, the angels were there because... Now, you guys have to imagine, okay? I've gone through a day of, like, ridiculousness. It's I'm fighting with my best friends. I just want to leave. And all of a sudden, it just goes, da 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 The 12th rose, I knew, and they turned me around, flowers shoved in my hand, thousands of people roped off, and here's Brock standing with a red rose in front of the castle, which, by the way, you didn't talk about He was Prince Charming at Disney World the whole time. He rode the white horse. He actually rode the white horse and was the real Prince Charming back then. And so absolutely when they say the term swept off your feet, I collapsed. I just saw him and just collapsed. My knees buckled. I fall to the ground. I've never felt that way before. I couldn't even stand. He walks over and he leans down and there's pictures and I'm just crying. I'm just crying because it's the most spectacular moment I've ever had of all this animosity and fighting and back and forth and so confused and not seeing what's going on. And then all I heard was, are you ready for that 12th rose? Because it had been in my head for three years. Like, when am I going to get that 12th rose, you know? So when it said, are you ready for that 12th rose? That's all I heard was 12th rose. And I knew when they turned me around when you were standing there, it was, it was magical. He got me back up and we walk over. There's 50 of my family at the well. So he got down on his knee and I, of course said yes. We have a great eclectic group of friends and we didn't want to kind of cut anybody out because we all hung as a group. So we ended up having a kind of co-bachelor bachelorette party. So we all went to Vegas as a group, as a co-bachelor bachelorette party. And what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. It was one for the books, yeah. We got kicked out of the strip club because we all started stripping. Because we're like, we can do that. I didn't. I didn't. Let me correct. I didn't. You did. So our wedding was fabulous. And what was so great about it was that my husband went on Hollywood Squares and won $17,000. And so we were able to pay for our own wedding and make our dreams come true. We had 
a huge wedding party. I think I had eight girls and you had eight guys. We got married at the Wayfarers Chapel, um, which I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's the Glass Chapel in Rancho Palos Verdes. You've probably seen it in movies. It's all glass. And we got it, which was incredible because there's like a five-year wait at sunset on July 29th, which is 29 is our number. So it was the day we got at sunset at the church we wanted. It was like the stars aligned. Everything just started falling into place. And the wedding was just amazing. I don't even know what to say about our wedding. <laughs> it was a party. <laughs> it was. It was incredible. And the fact that we paid for it ourselves is is even better. Our honeymoon was absolutely incredible. Uh, we went to Tahiti and we went on a 10-day cruise. But before that, we'd actually taken some time for uh, a couple of day spas before we flew out just to have a little relaxation time. And we went to Tahiti. We traveled around to uh, Papiete and Morea. We swam with sharks. Well, she didn't, I did, because I'm the adrenaline junkie. And, you know, had all kinds of amazing food and just a fantastic time. It was incredible. Absolutely fantastic. Paris selling, he made me go up high, high, high. I did. Oh my God, I remember that. We, we did couples parasail. And if you know anything or don't know anything about my wife, she hates heights. She hates to fly, even though she's flown five, 600 times at least. And one of these days, I'm going to get her up to go skydiving. But we did a couples parasail. And I couldn't, I'm, I'm hanging off of it. You know, just the junkie I am. I'm sitting there with my camera and the video camera and I've got it strapped to my hand so I don't lose it. And I'm all over the place looking at the water and the canopy and getting all these great shots. And she's like, oh my God, no, don't. I can't stop. Be still, be still. Yeah, it was good. There are so many things that I love about Brock, but the first thing that comes to mind is his patience. His patience with me, with our lives, with the obstacles we've had to overcome with going through the highs and the lows, his patience, his compassion, his ability to always look beyond the situations that life throws upon us, good and bad. That's just one of the things I love about him. The thing I love most about Melissa is her relentless positivity. From the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes to bed, it is a full-on positive energy all day long. And it is just, it's mind-blowing every day. And if you're fortunate to be around her enough, it just gets deep inside you and you can't help it. And that's why so many people love her. What I'm looking forward to the most in the second half with my husband is letting go of the first half of your life, of all the worries about tomorrows and todays and excuses and just life. I am looking forward to living and waking up every morning with him and going to bed every night with him and just trusting that What's going to happen that day is going to happen. 
and feeling blessed that I have him to go through it with. Amen, babe. What I'm looking forward to the most, and I'll actually add to what she said, because what she said was absolutely spot on. But one of the biggest things that we've wanted to do in this second half, as she said, is the philanthropy and travel. We love to travel, and I can't wait now that we are going to be, we're going to have the opportunity. Our daughters, we're almost empty nesters now. She's getting ready to move out end of this month. So it's all back to us now. It's exciting. Thanks for listening to Our Love Story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and on Twitter at Parcast Network. For more episodes of Our Love Story, follow us on Spotify and check out other podcast originals, all available on Spotify. Our Love Story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound design by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Mike Ramos. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and associate produced by Alex Trigwadotter.